0: Welcome, this is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. <laughs> Are you
1: recording? Hey. How about this? I got my AirPods in so I can go sit in the bleachers, dude. Oh, oh you actually oh, yeah.
0: literally have bleachers. Oh,
1: yeah, no, I've got bleachers, so the bleacher belong. And I actually have two seats. You could be sitting right next to me someday. We could just are... do this really weird podcast.
0: That would be weird. Is that, <laughs> I can't remember where those are from. Those are from what you, growing up, or Dodger Stadium or Cal's old baseball See
1: stadium. See if, or... uh, do those look familiar? Yeah,
0: I don't know. They look Dodger-ish to me.
1: Yes, yeah, you right. I think,
0: I think I know no, that are... that's. But I said, I think I knew that you, that was your
1: team growing up or something. Well, I knew that I thought you knew, that you thought you knew what I knew about those seats. And you got it right. It's well, Dodger I didn't stadium. just guess
0: it. Like, come on. I'm not yeah, that smart. That's,
1: that's being in plenty of Southern California stadiums. But no, they actually have bleacher seats from uh, Dodger Stadium. Uh, you know, I told a story about how that's where I grew up watching baseball. It was in those blue seats at the top of the stadium. And somebody uh, actually reached out to my wife and I got those for a Christmas present. So that was pretty cool. Nice. But uh, the, the legitimate bleachers on Bleacher Blums, and we welcome everybody in. It has been an interesting week, to say the least. We've actually I, 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 we've gotten some good responses from the podcast. We kind of been cranking out a little more aggressive on the uh, the podcast content and getting those things out there. And it's been a lot of fun because we've had a chance to talk about some past players that kind of sparked our idea. Maybe we talk a little bit more about past players that have ridiculous numbers because Tuttle surprised me with the Lou Brock numbers and how good he actually was as far as power and speed, but most notably for speed. And then Tom Terrific is out there. We had a U.S. Open preview that is going to be coming out soon. And by the time you're listening to this podcast, you will have listened to that hopefully already. But it's kind of coming in waves right now. We're a little more aggressive than normal. And it's been a lot of fun. And, of course, we in St. Arnold today with the St. Arnold on tap situation that we've got. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about NCAA uh, football news. The expanding playoff issues is going to be in uh, Blum's Blast. You want to stick around for that. And then a fantasy football update because every week is a new week and a new opportunity to talk a little bit of smack. And for those of you who listen to this podcast know that I was on auto draft and I've got big news about my fantasy football team and maybe talk a little smack and talk some more players. But Tuttle, I'm going to welcome you in and let you let everybody know where you can find us at if you're missing out on this great content.
0: You're getting really good at the teasers, Blummer. I love it. Like, stay <laughs> tuned. We've got some fantasy football information for you folks. Um, So you guys know, most of you out there know that you can go to bleacherblums.com to find us. We're also on the social Nostra network. If you actually want to see our lovely mugs, there it is. Blummer's got, we still don't know what the logo is, but it's a cool logo and it's a really nice YouTube channel. And you can see our mugs, (laughs) as we said. So um, you can also send us an email and we've kind of gotten away from the mailbag, but there've been a couple emails coming in and Blummer, I wanted to start off by reading an email that came in on BleacherBlums.com in the mailbag. And uh, it's interesting because we talked yesterday in the U.S. Open preview about a couple of different items, but one of the things that you finished the podcast up with during our baseball segment, we kind of talked about the playoffs a little bit, was um, the minor leagues. I I brought up Artie Moreno and how he gets involved. Um, And then we talked about these guys. uh, Well, we talked about Artie Moreno getting involved too much, maybe with the day-to-day operations and some contracts. But we also talked about uh, these guys learning on the fly in the big leagues. And it doesn't mean that they're not a big leaguer. They're just not a big leaguer yet. And this Thank email, you. yeah, this email. No, this is beautiful. To, Keep
1: going because that's a great premise to, to talk about the 2020 season. I, I it's not totally that these guys agree. don't ever belong here, but maybe now is not the time. Exactly.
0: So Kevin in Virginia actually wrote to us. And I, I nice. you know. i from Virginia. <laughs> I will apologize a little bit that we, you know, the mailbag has been less uh, full, but it's also been less relevant in our podcast. And we still love to hear from you guys. I do read all the emails and, um, you know, I guess to intertwine them in the into the uh, podcast is still something that we're trying to do. And I feel like when we find a relevant one or one that is uh, topical to us, then we'll certainly throw it in there as we are this one from Kevin in Virginia. So the subject is minor leagues. Uh, Kevin says, hello, gents. Just curious if either or both of you could throw your thoughts out there regarding your recent ESPN article about the future of minor league baseball. I thought it was a very well-written article and was very eye-opening. As a former minor league broadcaster, it hit close to home when I got to thinking about all the people who are employed by these teams and how it might affect them, especially since I worked for one of the teams that the article points out uh, might lose its affiliation with the New York Mets. Anyway, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on the overall picture of this, but also some of the details about how Major League Baseball is pushing this change. Thanks, fellas, and keep up the great work. And let me, before I throw it to you, Blummer, just Mm -hmm. kind of, again, reiterate what you said yesterday after we talked about these guys learning on the fly in the big leagues. Myself, having played nine full seasons in the minor leagues, um, a few big league camps, but not any real chance to get pushed up to the big leagues. I mean... Yes, I, I got paid uh, very little, <laughs> but it was kind of the roadmap. I mean, you were able to kind of stick around. And I did have some teammates that kind of made it later, um, later in life or later in their career. Maybe they missed that early window and then they got in and became a productive player in the big league. So I think not everybody's on that fast track. Not everybody's LeBron James out of high school. Um, not everybody's Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout's a good example. I think he was a 12th or 13th round pick. kind of went through each level and then he really burst onto the scene. Um, He might've been uh, touted a little bit higher by scouts, but maybe uh, wasn't going to sign initially. Um, But there aren't that many stories like Bryce Harper where a guy just comes out. He's, you know, he's touted to be a superstar and there he is, you know, that's a handful of guys, everybody else kind of has to pay their dues, kind of figure out how to uh, survive in a work environment that's as competitive and uh, I don't know, cutthroat for lack of a better word. How do you thrive in a cutthroat competitive environment? And um, and getting rid of the minor leagues is probably not uh, the best medicine for this. What say you?
1: No, I, I, I think that we are finding out this season, and I think 2020 has been unique in so many different ways that we've talked about already throughout this podcast, but the one that we really haven't talked about is the lack of the minor leagues. But now that we are seeing guys who – You know, last night we saw a guy start for the Texas Rangers against the Astros, Kyle Cody, who didn't pitch above A-ball. Granted, he was coming back from an elbow surgery, but he was throwing to a guy named Sam Huff, another guy that didn't make it much higher than A-ball. And at this level, you're going to get exposed. You're going to get found out. I'm watching Kyle Cody pitch, and I'm going, good Lord, this guy throws pretty freaking hard. But guess what? He had a huge arm swing. I could see the ball from here coming all the way forward and out of his hand, and I'm going – These guys are going to pick that ball up. And guess what else? The ball was straight as a string. This is where you need to pitch and get innings in the minor leagues is to be able to figure out, oh, if I manipulate this seam over here, I hold it this way or "or change my arm angle or my release point, I get a little more deceptive and I become more effective. And on the other end, the catcher, Sam Huff, is a guy who's going back there, was okay at blocking some balls but didn't do a good job of getting really outside the boxes in order to knock some pitches down for his pitchers. And then it's calling a game. It's getting used to catching some of these guys and showing some of those soft hands that we like to see from catchers. So that's where I think the minor league system, you know, really has been neglected and maybe underrated in a sense because the development of some of these guys, and to your point, Total, that show up maybe a little bit later, it's because they they have the talent, but they haven't been taught how to play the game or they haven't been pushed in a direction to to challenge themselves and become better, and that's where the minor leagues really steps in. And that's just on the de- developmental level. If you want to go deeper, like we're talking about with uh, the guy from Virginia, is you're ta- you're you're messing with t- uh, what cities' economies? You know, they rely on the income that some of these minor league teams come in. They might they rely on the affiliation with the major league club to uh, help support them and get their players through there. Uh, how about what it does for the city bringing these guys in? Uh, How about for the minor league player, you and I played, you know, you played nine years in the minor leagues. I played four and a half years, but I got to go to some crazy cities and visit some crazy places. And I've got some crazy stories. You know, there's some mystique in that minor league realm of baseball that's missing out right now. And I think it's really exposed in 2020. So I hope that they do bring it back. I'm not sure what the motivation other than financially is uh, motivating owners to, you know, disassemble the minor league system.
0: And I think we talked yesterday. uh, I know we talked yesterday on the US Open kind of special. And anybody that listens to that podcast, the US Open special that we put out um, coming out in a couple of days, the baseball end of that, we talked about um, with John. Finished really
1: strong. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: we asked John about, uh, as a fan, like, do you care if it's like Albert Pujols and, you know, uh, Rendon and these names out there? He's like, no, all we care about is winning. And if that is true, meaning asses in the seats, um, or winning translates to asses in the seats. Then, then they've got to have a better product to put on the field. They can't just say, "All right, we're going to save so much money by getting rid of the minor leagues that we're going to just have these guys learn on the fly." Because guess what? You you know, you're not going to you're not going to be able to fill the stadium if you're learning on the fly. Because when the Dodgers Great. come to town, the Astros come to town, the Yankees come to town, they're going to you know they're going to wipe the floor with you. And I did want to point out one more thing before we get kind of into the meat of the podcast. You know, when you were talking about Huff last night getting outside those boxes and blocking the ball and keeping it there, I look at those little margins like turnovers in football. We've been talking a lot of football. Yeah. But everyone says, hey, you know, oh, the difference in the game is, you know, the home field advantage right now with coronavirus is irrelevant. Um, you, you have these turnovers. It's like, all right, we had three turnovers, they had one. Guess what the score of the game is 20 to 17 and we had three turnovers they had one we win the game because of the turnover just look at last night's game i think it ended 4 to 1 i might have turned it off but it was kind of 1 to 1 pretty late then it was 2 to 1 then 3 to 1 we're not talking about a guy like that cody that will never play in the big leagues we're just saying look if you want to win now you're going to lose a lot of games 3 to 1 or 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 even with a guy oh, that throws 100 so true because they don't do the little things well they don't know what the base running guys are they, you know they don't know um, you know, blocking a ball, keeping it, you know, a foot away where that guy, that excellent base runner knows, Hey, if that thing gets three feet away, I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. just that little different two feet, three feet, keeping the ball here, that's like turnovers in football. And I think that, uh, I think that that's, you know, to, to kind of the naked eye or to the, uh, the layperson looking at that, that's a big margin to be losing, you know, setting yourself up to lose, the, lose these games, like three to one, four to one, five to one.
1: No, you're exactly right. I'm actually going to steal the idea of you know errors and pass balls. And any time a runner gains 90 feet, that's now going to be the baseball turnover. Right. I think that's All actually right. a great comparison. So I will nice. give you credit for that when we get on the broadcast <laughs> and talk about great. that. Because you're right. Those are the mistakes that lead to opportunities for other teams. And that's what you're trying to avoid. Right. The less turnovers, the less errors, the less pass balls, the less 90 feet you give up may lead you to that W. And I think that's a great point. And that was actually a really good conversation, buddy. I'm proud of you.
0: All right, thank you so much,
1: Blood. Yeah. And speaking you're a of pro turnovers, at this, you're a pro yeah. at this. <laughs> and Tuttle was just talking about turnovers and we obviously relate turnovers to football and guess what? NCAA just made a big announcement or should I say the Big 10 actually made a big announcement. A powerhouse as far as the what is it, the FBS, what is it? The FBS. Football? Yeah. Football Broadcasting System? Bowl System? Never mind. (laughs) But anyways, the Big Ten, which is a powerhouse in in football because of Ohio State, Michigan, some of these other teams that are in there, made the announcement. They sat down this weekend. They watched uh, maybe Idaho State play Podunk BYU. I don't know who they watched. And then they sat down on Saturday and watched uh, Notre Dame go out there and play some football. And then on Sunday, guess what? They went out there and watched the NFL go out there and have some great football, and everybody's eyes were on them. And the Big Ten had a meeting, I think, Monday or Tuesday and went, hey, I think we should play some football this year. (laughs) That's a pretty good
0: idea, folks.
1: (laughs) Even if you're at 20% 20 capacity in some of these stadiums, you're going to see 20,000, 30,000 people in them. So I think that they were encouraged by that. And I think they were encouraged by some of those other teams. Now I want to give credit to some of those other teams, the BYUs, the Navies, uh, you know, uh, the Notre Dames and Florida States that are out there that actually said we are going to play football. They took a chance. It seems to have paid off at least for a week. But now the Big Ten is in. And I want to know what your initial thoughts are on the Big Ten coming in because that's only going to lead to more, right?
0: Yeah, you would think so. I, You know, again, I've got, I've got a, i got, ai guess, a – a roundabout way to get to the answer to this question but you said the Big Ten had a big announcement I was thinking to myself that the Big Ten can't have anything but a big announcement right they can't have a the <laughs> yeah. Big Ten has a small announcement so it it goes hand in hand but I think I'm a little you know I'm, I'm a little torn yes let's copycat everybody right hey they're playing we're playing that's dollars in our pocket let's get let's get the games on and get the students kind of um the student athletes, excuse me, the student mm-hmm. athletes on the field to uh, to participate in the reason that we brought them there. But I think we know that this all comes back to money. And as you said, the Big Ten probably looked at it in a little jealous fashion and said, hey, you know, hey, they're on TV. They're on TV. Wow, Notre Dame's about to rake in the big bucks. They have, they're the only, you know, they're the only team playing right now. So they have a huge audience. Let's get the Ohio States, the Michigans, like you said, some of those teams back out on the field. But I also think um, you mentioned your daughters are back in school, and one of the things they were super excited about was lunchtime. I was thinking my kids are like, "Hey, lunchtime!" and you know, yep. and then they've got socially distanced lunch tables, and they're like, Hey, eh, it wasn't as fun as I thought." And you know, we're about to start school in the next two two to three weeks, and we don't have a vaccine. We don't have this uh, kind of uh, solution to what we're yeah. dealing with, right? End game, where it's like, "All right, here's the solution. Now you guys are all good." So if we see uh, cases spike, or if a couple players on the field from Ohio state or Mm -hmm. Michigan get COVID. And, you know, I mean, we saw it with the, um, with the, uh, the giants and the A's, I guess, or no, the A's and the Astros, obviously a COVID case game, you guys got postponed. Now I can't tell if it's getting, you know, canceled because of COVID or smoke uh, smoke (laughs) and terrible conditions, but either way there may be some hiccups, but I think, like you said, I mean, copycat, I don't know they say that the NFL is a copycat league maybe everything in professional sports and yeah. high level sports is a copycat league but I don't see how Ohio State and Michigan could watch Notre Dame play and go uh, yeah we're just going to postpone this till uh March it's just not gonna yeah.
1: happen yeah it's crazy so I mean it would I would imagine it's going to push everything back I don't know if they've announced any dates that they're going to be out there but obviously they're behind a little bit as far as uh, timing, So they may be two weeks, four weeks behind when they do start, start their schedule. And then you're going to see, team, you know, the ACC, the Pac-12, some of these other uh, conferences are going to jump in and try and figure it out too and ramp things up pretty quickly. But let's say, just hypothetically, let's say that that schedule starts next month. So it's not going to start mid-September, it's going to start mid-November, and we in know October. that December... Or mid-October, sorry. Mm -hmm. But we know that, you know, December is usually a month that's just shut down because everybody's preparing for bowl games. So they have a little bit of a buffer zone to push into that December uh, if they want to extend that schedule and make up some of those games that they may have missed currently. So let's say in a month, October Mm 15th, Ohio State is going out there and playing. Clemson's going out there and playing. We've already seen this with Trevor Lawrence, who's arguably the best player in the draft coming up next season. Mm -hmm. I'm also seeing some guys opting out. If you're if you're one of those top draft prospects, are you opting out because you're worried about your draft status because of injury? Or is it because you're worried about you're gonna suck in a shortened season where you haven't had the training camp?
0: Yeah. Um I'm sure everybody uh, has a different side of the coin there, meaning I'm sure some of the guys are opting out because they're scared. I, I never liked them. I mean, we talked about Colin Maracama extensively, like getting up on number 16 and driving the green, like hitting it down the middle. Like that's how I've always done it. Like you got to go for it. But in this, I mean, if you're a top five pick, um, hopefully you're not opting out because you're worried about how you would play, because you got to have the confidence and the ability. If you're opting out and you're a top five, 10, maybe high pick, I would think it's because you don't want to get injured and there's a bunch of people in your ear saying, Hey, you're going to lose a bunch of money. That actually makes sense in this situation. If you've waited your whole life to become a professional, that actually makes sense to me. Hopefully they're not just hiding behind the couch, you know, thinking, Oh my God, I would never be able to play. You know, I'm so glad that my draft status rose you know significantly last year. As a matter of fact, Trevor Lawrence is a good example because he was touted as a number one guy. And then last year it was kind of like he had a mediocre year and, you know, he's still going to be the guy I think, but, uh, and quarterbacks are different in my opinion, because they don't run the same risk of injury that like a running back does. Yeah. yeah, They're, they're a little more protected. So there's, there's all of that, but I'm sure there's half the guys opting out for what you said. And then half the other guys opting out for, you know, for protection reasons. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little disappointing in that you won't get the best product on the field. But uh, I guess coming from where we did, we understand it. I I think when we played, there wasn't enough information. Like you just played. If somebody said there's a game, then you just go play. And you weren't like, oh, the scouts are going to be there. and They're not going to be there. Then I'm not going to show up. Um, You know, it just that never really crossed my mind. Like if these guys want to play, they should play. But uh, granted, you know, if you're a top five pick and you're looking at 20 or 25 million dollars, I think there's certainly a, a decision that i never had to make and there's a yeah. uh, kind of a greater burden on the on, on that situation
1: no you're you're incredibly right about that the, the burden of knowing that you're going to run into life-changing money uh i mean generational type money if you're getting 20 30 million yeah. Uh, but yeah just don't go out there and play in fear is probably the basic thing in both senses don't be in the fear that you're not going to play well don't be in yeah. fear that you're going to go out there and get hurt yeah. because you and i both know that if you go out there tentatively. Oh. you are going to suck and you are going to get hurt because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you're it's off just a your mindset. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is completely mindset. But speaking of the NFL draft, we had our own fantasy draft and two or two, or three podcasts ago we talked about our fantasy draft and uh, that was called fantasy faux pas. And Ty was the guy that created the faux pas uh, because I had agreed to a West coast time that I didn't realize was going to run into the end of a baseball game that I was calling. So, at the end of the baseball game, I was scuffling to find out what <laughs> website we were on and how to draft players and then figure out which players I was drafting. Um, I was lucky to get through like the first three, four rounds, I think before, or I think might've been six rounds. Cause I remember Dak Prescott was my sixth round pick with quarterback. And I went to auto draft and about 10 minutes later, maybe 15 minutes later, I start, I'm driving home and I get a text from you Tuttle right. that said, great job in picking up the, the Baltimore Ravens kicker and defense and back-to-back picks. And I was like, super. (laughs) But somehow I I managed to put up 153 points this week and win the first week.
0: That's right. You did. And our divorce is off, uh, off on a a good foot in the sense that I only have to put up 110 points, but I also squeaked out a win over the guy that that has Patrick Mahomes. So, you know,
1: no we're
0: on the, we're on the mountain to like, hopefully meet up here at the end. I think it's a little early for us to maybe start that, but yeah, Tuttle's teams one to know, Blum's teams one to know, and we're on the, uh, we're on the trajectory here to meet at some point. Uh, maybe we probably play each other this week. I haven't even looked at it yet.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> we're like, Hey, when are we going to meet? Like, I don't know. I got to watch out for prestige worldwide, man. You guys That's are right. on fire
0: prestige That's worldwide crazy. we got lucky we squeaked it out i uh yeah i mean i it, it's interesting though like you said the auto draft thing i don't think the auto draft thing is a horrendous thing i just think typically as humans you I draft like that yeah you just proved it but <laughs> yeah but i think the kicking and defense part drafting them in the eighth and ninth round is probably not uh typically warranted <laughs> but gosh if baltimore's team is as good as uh as advertised i, I mean they they whack the Cleveland Browns, and boy. The Cleveland well, I Browns. I out in
1: that first first round draw, right there. Jeez.
0: Yeah, but the Cleveland Browns look like the uh, good old Cleveland Browns, didn't they?
1: How can they? How can they shake that whole thing? I mean, what is it going to take in Cleveland for them to be able to not be the Cleveland Browns that we all know them to be?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I think this is a really interesting. But we've talked about 2020. You know, let's throw it all out. I think more so than any year. I mean, I even with the Astros, I don't. I didn't bring this up before, but you know, having Dusty Baker as a manager kind of just here you go, new general manager, new manager, you throw them in there. Look at NFLs, like playbooks, and those guys have to go through and learn a 1,000 plays, Uh, and they got to get the training camp. I can't
1: imagine.
0: Yeah, but this is with a coach. Like, you don't even get to scrimmage. You don't get a a preseason game. You don't really get any sort of idea about can you trust this guy when it comes down to it. And Mm -hmm. I think during the Packers game, I watched a little bit of the Green Bay Packers game this last weekend, mainly because I have Aaron Rodgers on my team, but, you know. Um, I was watching that and they were talking about, well, not just playing with a chip on his shoulder, but that Aaron Rodgers finally, um, trust that new head coach, right? Last year, he yeah. was a new guy. And now this year they're like, all right, they know that the training camp runs this way. So now you get look at the Browns, right? With their third coach in three years. So, you know, do <laughs> they really trust them? Cause the Browns have plenty of talent and then look yeah. at some of the other teams that had new coaches. I mean, uh, the Bengals had a new coach, uh, the Giants had a new coach. You know, I don't know if any of the new coaches won on the first weekend. Um, You know, Bruce Arians is not a new coach, but he had a whole new team and a whole new system with Tom Brady over there. I mean, those guys just don't have enough time to get comfortable with each other and trust each other. And I think that that's a huge factor as we go uh, you know, away from fantasy football, but into real football. Um, Mm -hmm. Talking about that trust factor in training camp, maybe even more important than baseball.
1: No, I think you absolutely nailed it because I, 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 I had, I'm i not sure if I was talking to you or somebody else, but I was watching that the BYU was playing Navy a couple of weeks, to first game of the season for them, yeah. and BYU maybe had two or three weeks of training uh, more than Navy did, and man, did it show up in the second half. Fatigue set in, and then strength showed up for BYU, and they just started just literally physically moving people out of the way and running past them. And I think that's probably the one thing that should be talked about more in the first week of the NFL is it really exposed who did a better job of preparing. And a lot of preparing is being with the same team, being with the same head coach, knowing how to prepare for that season with that coach or with that team. And now you're going to see teams like Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe the Cleveland Browns who are, who are super talented and have guys in key positions to go out there and succeed. But, They don't have the trust. They don't have the terminology. They don't have grasp of the playbook yet. They don't have grasp of the personnel around them to make some of these, you know, in-game calls that some of these players have to do. So I think that's actually a really good point that isn't talked about is, you know, we know who was prepared and who isn't.
0: I got to ask you something really quietly here.
1: So this
0: this podcast, we started, as we said, you know, kind of a conversation in the parking lot about parenting and sports and just kind of being dads of multiples, things like that. And I don't know if you've ever told me this, so I need the secret here now with multiples, but you have four daughters and a wife. So your house has six, five women in that house. So I have my wife and twin daughters. So there's three. So the ratio is a little better in our house. We have five of us, but it's three to two. But as a baseball player, um, you know, you learn to really control your emotions. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'm a super even keel. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't get too high. I don't get too low. Like, this is how we're going to attack this. And, you know, whether it be grades at school or whether it be, you know, an issue with, you know, friends of your kids. But you got to give me the secret how you handle like crying emotional women <laughs> when like, when it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal or even when it is a big deal, like why haven't you ever told anybody the secret? And maybe you have, I just, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to them, like that they shouldn't cry. Yeah. I just, as a man, I hear it and I'm like, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, I want to just stop it. So I don't know. Is that, is that something that you can well, uh, provide
1: any insight into? We're Men are fixers. I mean yes. that when something, if somebody's crying, we will, we will fix it. Yep. At least we think we will fix it. Wow. This is how I, this is how I handle it right here. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not that Come exact. on. Like you, <laughs> you
0: walked away on me too. Like I get no answer. So I'm just going to start doing that.
1: Yeah. Well, honey, no.
0: Blummer uh, told me that if I just get up and walk away, that it'll all be all right. No.
1: One thing mm-hmm. I know for sure is the more I talk, the worse it gets. Okay. So guess what? I have kind of taken the approach of, I understand, honey. And I will, I give them a hug. I put them in a comforting position where I, all they're looking for is support. And I think that's what I found out is that they are looking more for support in the sense of emotional support as opposed to support is I'm going to go out there and beat the living hell out of whoever made you cry or I'm going yeah. to fix the situation that made you cry. Because I have found out that I, as much as I like to tinker and help, I think help, yeah. uh, I have found that just being a comforting, sounding more or, or receiver of information a comforting receiver of information is what I am
0: comforting receiver. I found that I'm gonna, to be
1: I'm
0: gonna write yes, that down right of receiver hey so so I, I want you know I threw that at you I, I didn't tell you that was coming I wrote down a note about it I um I appreciate what you're saying and I think I understand that after years of marriage I understand how to um you know, I think I understand the solution, but it still is disjointed in my own noggin. Is that correct? Like you have to, the way you're pre-programmed, even though this oh, is a I mean, new habit, you, you have shadow. to be like, yeah, you need the robot going, no, 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 no. no don't, do don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fix it. Don't, nope. Don't yeah, say that. Nope. No, don't say exactly, that voice to... is in there going, no, 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 no. And you just go, come
1: here. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, you know, I, I, I get it. That, okay. That's messed up. I get I, it. That's messed up. That's I
0: love it. that the solution is so simple. I just wanted to know if your brain has the same tug of war that my brain does, because I just want, first of all, I want it to calm down. Like everybody calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's decide so whether a big this one is one it. Too. Yeah. Yeah, let's decide whether this is something we really need to get up in arms about. You know, is it a big deal or is it? Not? But that's
1: that's an issue too because sometimes in your mind it's not the hill to die on yeah. or the, to fight for, and you're kind of going pick your. Battles, right, but at, yeah. in that moment it is it is their Mount Everest, and they mm-hmm. and you're just there to help lift and support, cuddle, and say I, I understand. You're right. I understand. You're right,
0: Plumber. The voice of reason is there. I knew you would have the answer for me. I still, I still have to get the connection in my brain to be like, all right. Just this hesitate. is exactly what you
1: do. All you need is that. Just hit, or go right here.
0: Twenty, <laughs> 20 seconds. Second just time just go. Out.
1: Twenty second timeout. Let me check back, and I'm going to go. Okay, this is the situation. She's crying. It doesn't make sense to me, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then get back in the game.
0: You know, that's, I think Jocko talks about that pretty regularly. Remember, he talks about detaching yourself. He goes, oh, you yeah. don't want to detach yourself yep. so much that you're out like, you know, mm-hmm. not emotionally invested, but you need to detach yourself so that you can kind of see both sides of it and make a rational or um, a strong, um, well thought out judgment about what, what you're seeing. So mm-hmm. anyway, I know that was a little bit of a left turn, but I I just... Gosh, I just, the other day there was something going on in the house and not even that interesting for the podcast. I think, um, you know, Are somebody you kidding
1: had me? this is vital information. We just solved women.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm just saying that <laughs> the reason that We're I brought it up was not relevant. <laughs> I mean, cause if I told yeah. people that, like, really, that's what your daughter gets fired up about. I don't think she'd be happy. Oh
1: no, that it, has so. nothing to do with it because yeah, it could it, be totally inane or it can be epic.
0: That's exactly right. And, and, and I think so, the
1: problem is that sometimes those two things are flipped. The, the inane is epic.
0: That's right. Inane to us is epic to them <laughs> yeah, and vice versa. And that's where I'm saying the disjointed piece comes in. All uh-huh. right. So I think we could beat this topic uh, down and then still have it rear its head again and again and again. But well, I, that's what
1: I, we're going to have to do is have a follow up with you if you have another yeah. moment and if you actually were able to institute the philosophy and how it went.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a deeper discussion because I will tell you, my wife has told me for years the same thing, which is this is one of those situations. Just remove yourself and this is how you should handle it. And then the next time it comes up, I don't handle it that way. And the next time it comes up, I don't handle it that way. She's like, hey, mister, like these are the times (laughs) like, are you trying trying to be
1: better? (laughs) Yeah, your daughters are what eleven, twelve?
0: Yeah, eleven, yeah, both.
1: 11. Okay, so they're eleven. I'm at, I'm at fifteen and 15, sixteen. Yeah, heading on sixteen. So you've got four. I've got four years on you. And trust me, I was in the same exact spot because there would be moments where things are starting to just spiral, and I'm like, wow, I'm making it worse when I don't feel like I'm trying to make it worse. Yeah. And then eventually, my wife would be like, you need to leave. Yeah. And I mean, I'd completely leave the situation. Yeah. And things would get better, and I'd show up later. But that's what I've learned is that I that my fixing mentality. Or hours, as men, yeah, men. you know, amazing. trying to correct the situation does not go that well because they're not looking for the correction; they're just looking for an ear. That's
0: right. But
1: uh, man, it, it's intense. And you know what is going to be fun for you too? Oh, can't wait! <laughs> oh yeah, just think about women who mature.
0: Oh yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah,
1: there's gonna be there's gonna be some added uh, influences and yeah. in added that you, dynamics. You have no
0: yeah. control, yeah. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you, and I'm and well, that's I'll sit why. Down
1: going, what the heck is wrong? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, honey, it's okay. I'm, 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 go ahead, do your thing.
0: That's right, but but to your point, I mean, that's like you know, if you have one or two or three to deal with, but when it gets you know the numbers get higher, I guess you either have more practice at dealing with it, but you also. You know, I I don't know. Just the dynamics going to be really interesting, and I'm you know, mm-hmm. I can't say I'm looking forward to it. But I I'm hoping that because I raise this question now, that the practice will be kind of in place in the next two or three years, where you know when I need yep. it, it's going to like you know just like taking BP off the curveball machine, man. Oh, man. Like you know, I, I, should yeah. I should be able to hit that. I should be able to hit that curveball a little more effectively. Yeah.
1: Oh man, good stuff. Good left turn. All right, it? thank you. You controlled that one right there. Why don't you control this one? What'll Tuttle say, man? I can't All wait, right, what'll,
0: what'll Tuttle say might take us back to where we were at the beginning of this thing. But, uh, you know, people, this is my – I like to correct and fix things. The NFL season, as majestic and as exciting as it is, we keep talking about the PGA. I mean, the PGA has done it right, even with no fans. Uh, watching the Chiefs game on Thursday night, I know that was – not the chiefs game it was the houston texans game but you know (laughs) especially for the listeners of this podcast the chiefs game and they had seventeen thousand fans there that was so cool to see them staggered Mm -hmm. like this so i mean kansas city go figure like yep we're just gonna get in the stadium (laughs) we don't care and so it's gonna be a really cool year everything they do well but why is it just the media is it the coaches is it the team's why in God's name after week 1 do we like write the season off or write the you know the Super Bowl champs in it doesn't make any sense to me and I know part of this is my mentality coming from baseball we've had a 162 game season uh forever I mean there was a 140 game season for a long time and then 162 games and we continue to talk about the grind that that is like hey you can have a 10 game losing streak or you can have this, but you just got to stick after it. You know, you could have four bad at bats, but that fifth at bat, you may drive in the winning run. Nobody cares. Like you got, nobody cares about what you did prior. I mean, you, you have all this like time to kind of just grind it out and be consistent and, you know, try to hone your craft. Why with these guys who are professionals, like somebody like Tom Brady, who's a hall of famer, uh, the greatest quarterback, right? Goat, the greatest quarterback of all time. He throws a pick six and everyone's like, on his back like, yeah, the, you know, that was the receiver's fault because, you know, he – look, it was Tom's fault and he'll take responsibility <laughs> for it, but it doesn't no. make him a horrible quarterback either. Like, it's game one with a new team. Like, why is every single article – like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the greatest this year and Tom Brady is going to be terrible. And, uh, you know, it just – it's one week. It's one week out of 16. Like, this next week, and I promise you next Wednesday when we get on this podcast – Next Wednesday, the, the script is going to be flipped. The Tampa Bay mm-hmm. is going to win this weekend. Tom's going to throw three touchdowns to Mike Evans. and they're going you to know, the Super Bowl. Yeah, Minnesota's going to win. They're going to rebound from, you know, their defense is going to be good this week. I mean, you know, Jacksonville will lose, right? So they beat Indianapolis, which they weren't supposed to, but they're going to lose. They're, oh, yeah, Jacksonville. They're not going to be any good. They got lucky to be. I mean, we flip everything, but we have such an invested, like, stake in this. Like, people. Take a deep breath. Why do we have to talk about the NFL like the whole season's already happened, even though it is a long (laughs) season? Maybe not as long as baseball, but certainly a long season. Blummer, doesn't that drive you crazy? Like, (laughs) even just seeing the headlines drives me crazy.
1: No, I am the best team in our fantasy football league. I'm going to win every (laughs) single game, and that is it, because I won my first game by so many points. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's funny because, you know, you look at a month for baseball, it's pretty similar to a month in the B- or, you know, two weeks in the NFL. So it's kind of funny that uh, even though the NFL schedule is only 16 games, it's still only one game. Right. You know, it's, it, you have to look at, you know, that's like saying a guy who goes out and throws three interceptions in uh, his first game is going to do that every week. Hell no, he's not going to do that every week. He's going to make the adjustment. And it's something, you know, in baseball, we always say, you know, uh, not this year, not in 2020, but you say so-and-so is hitting 250 in the first, first month. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, he's 100 points lower than his career average. Guess what? He is going to eventually over the course of the season get back to the mean. Whatever that personal player's mean is, he's going to get to it. And I believe the same for Tom Brady. I believe the same for the Minnesota Vikings. Their defense is badass. They're going to figure it out. That's how they prove that they are good year in, year out. Uh, Tom Brady is going to get used to the personnel. He's going to get used to uh, Arian's um, playbook. He's, you know, instead of leading, you know, Mike Evans on a pass where Brady felt like he should have led him, you know, he's going to have the conversation with Mike Evans and they're going to get on the same page and go, okay, next time that happens, I'm going to lead you out over the middle. Don't stop where you're at. And Mike Evans is going to go, Hey man, I saw what you did there. Maybe I should keep going. So I'm with you. The the overreaction is unbelievable, but I feel like this day and age, if you're not freaking out, hitting the panic button and just setting off alarms, you're not reacting. And I, I don't, I don't get it because by the end of the year, we'll look back at some of those pundits that say stuff in the first week and you're going, dude, really, you
0: know, well, and nobody really necessarily is being held accountable either. I mean, that's the other part. So Twitter like comes and goes, so you can say anything you want. And I've actually, I've, you know, self, I guess, self-told everybody on here, right? Self-acclaimed, not very good on social media, not very good on social media. Um, Not very good. (laughs) But because I'm not good on social media, I do realize now that we have a nice following for the Bleacher Blums podcast, and I'll get on Twitter on occasion, and there's some people I follow that may be more Astros heavy than others, so either Dodger haters or Astro pro. But watching the game, you know, if I watch a couple innings, and you just watch the tweets come across, like, you know, I can't believe he swung at that pitch. You know, I can't. all oh, the Astros are going to lose again. Oh, their bullpen is and it's just so in the moment. And I think that's just, I think that's your point. I mean, if we're going to provide some context or some, maybe some explanation for what's going on, it could Mm -hmm. certainly be the fact that we're just in this immediate gratification thing. But I just, as, as a former athlete and somebody who knows how hard it is to kind of grind it out and take it slow. I mean, you know, I mean, I I got another example. Uh, Connor got hurt for Pittsburgh kind of in the second Mm -hmm. quarter. They didn't really say what his injury was. And Ian Snell came in. And he's been in the NFL for, I don't know, two, three, maybe four years. And they were like, oh, my God, this guy, he was ready. He was ready for, you know, when they get – it's like he's been playing football his whole life, you know. And, you know, I mean, that doesn't mean he's going to run for 100 yards every game. But, I mean, this is what (laughs) his job is. And Pittsburgh has a really nice line and a good game plan. And they were playing the Giants, who have a new coach. So, you know, I'm not saying I could have gone in there and run for that. But they – it's always just so – it's just so, um, I don't know, they're so amazed by this fact that this guy, you know, came in, you know, he was a running back at Florida State and he came in and like, sure you know, a major dominated program the game, game, yeah, a the major program blues. and did well. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, all right. Anyway, I just, so folks, again, what, what you expect and what will Tuttle say, right. let's pump the brakes and let's look at what the headlines are next week because I know next week we'll be able to say, oh yeah, you know, Tom Brady's now the greatest again, and, you know, the Chicago Bears are, you know, they're going to go 2-0 and and now Mitch Trubisky is like the greatest thing in Chicago. MVP. They don't need to, you know, it's just, it's just too much and and baseball seems to not do that as much. I think this year we've put an asterisk by everything. Let's put an asterisk by a 60 game baseball season is probably not. Uh, the best judge, meaning if you do see a guy batting 250 in the first month, maybe he bats 260 this year. He doesn't get yeah. all the way up to 280. No so, chance um, to
1: make up for it.
0: That's right. There is no chance to make up for it. But uh, you know, most of these guys are the best at what they do, and let's uh, let's give them you know some time to breathe, just like we air out the wine or let it marinate, folks. Let it I marinate. Know. All right. So Blummer, what do you got? Blum's blast coming. What do you got back at me?
1: I've got that the playoffs are asinine. The Major League Baseball playoffs are driving me nuts because we are in the home stretch. There's about 10 or 12 games left until the end of the season. The playoff bubble is in effect. We'll give that a chance to uh, iron itself out. We'll talk about that in a later podcast. But right now, I just want to talk about the expanded playoffs and the fear that this is what is going to be a part of baseball moving forward. You talk about playoffs? Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of funny that you bring up, uh, what was Jim Mora that uh, mm-hmm. brought that up? Because I believe if Jim Mora had a sub-500 record, would he want to go into the playoffs? My team's <laughs> sub-500, you want me in the playoffs? So I think that's a great uh, that's a great conversation to have. This is allowing sub-500 teams to play in the playoffs and just jack the whole system possibly if I am the Dodgers and I lose the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 21 and 22 right now, I might be a little ticked off at what's happening in the expanded playoff situation. So right now in the national league, guess who the eighth seed is in the national league. Oh, I don't know. Think with your heart.
0: My heart of oh, the, the national league The uh, giants.
1: San Francisco Giants are the AC. Yeah. Woo! Get them yes, in the playoffs, baby. That's my team. <laughs> that's what Major League Baseball is looking for. They want that reaction from yeah. a guy like you. Yeah. That is what the fan base. Is well, going what's to say funny about. is
0: you said "think with your heart," and you're probably meaning I left my heart in San Francisco. I actually love the Giants, as you know. Grew up in the Bay yeah. Area, so it's like, all right, it worked both ways. Your your analogy worked both ways. I thought I was with my talking
1: heart. at those heartstrings. Yeah. But you answered my question and you actually illustrated what I think Major League Baseball is thinking. Oh, our guys at twenty-three and twenty-four are gonna get into the playoffs. Now here's the catch. Guess who the number one seed is that they're gonna be playing against? Padres. Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers. You, could oh. you imagine? Gotcha. Now there, well, there's gonna the Dodgers, be a playoff. Buddy. There's gonna be a playoff between the Phillies and Giants to get to that situation. But let's just say the Giants get to the situation where they have the Dodgers for the first round of the playoffs in a three game series, which is even crazy. See, which is even crazier because. So you're saying there's a chance. you only got to win two to get out. Yeah. You all of a sudden find their number. You sneak past them. And this is the part that's driving me nuts as much as it makes you happy.
0: That well, Bochi, a buddy of yours, right? I mean, you could get Bochi on the line or text him and see what's going on, He's but Bochi, when, when he won the 2010, 12, and 14, they beat the Dodgers in a game, in a like not a play in, but they, they were not as good as the Dodgers throughout the 162 game season. They snuck in, they did what they had to do, and uh, and ended up you know, hoisting the trophy. And you and I've talked about that from a um. Uh, from a like, chemistry standpoint and getting the thing. But a three-game series, I mean, that – you could just have – I mean, you could have bad luck on one game and then a hot starter on the next game, you know. They could call up a guy from the minor leagues who they've and never injury? seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean that they've never seen. Oh, yeah, this guy throws a knuckleball. Don't worry about it. The guy throws, you know, seven Can't innings of, you know, one-hit ball and now you're out of the playoffs. I mean, you know, with the expanded rosters and everything. I, I didn't know this last night, and I'll, I'll throw it right back to you. I tuned in for about three innings in the middle of the game last night, and Julia threw the, the broadcast to you. She, Julia yeah. said, oh, yeah, I know Blummer loves the playoffs schedule, and she threw it. So that was all tongue-in-cheek, Sarka. I was like, I didn't even get it when we we're I was watching the broadcast. She's <laughs> like, I know how much Blum loves the playoff, and you guys were talking about the Astros and the A's at that point. You yeah. did say you would like she the said, Astros yeah. to play the A's,
1: so – I actually would. I like that matchup better because, truth be yeah. told, I don't think the American League West is strong. Yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a tough division, and that be, you know because the Astros are at five hundred and they are the sixth seed, yeah. they have a worse record than the seventh and eighth teams. Yeah. So that kind of tells me that the the American League West is a little bit weaker. And I just like the the familiarity might help the Astros, especially if Verlander gets back. But that's just that was just my blast is that the playoff situation. And then I read an article today that said Manfred's like. I think this is going to be great moving forward. The fans are going to love it. And I'm going, oh my gosh, dude, you're going to have teams throughout a 162 game season that are going to get in at like 78 and 80, whatever. I'm going, yeah, bro. this is not good.
0: Oh yeah. I see what you mean. You're saying if we translate this to next year and the year after, that's the, yeah. that's your biggest gripe this year. Everything's kind of out the this window, but up up in the air, you make a I really mean, good point. A-
1: Yeah, if you're you're sub 500, if you're 78 and 84, and you're going in, and you're playing a team that's 103 and you know 59. Yeah. And you, know, and you beat that team. You talk about somebody who went the length of the season and earned the right to be in that second round. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have some, well, maybe
0: you have it similar to the NFL where you have a bye week. Right. So the top two, you know, maybe the top four yeah. teams top get a bye. Teams,
1: yeah. There you go. Yeah,
0: Right. Or that, the division winners. Right. So all yep. three of the division winners get a bye, you know, a bye series. Right. So the other yeah. teams could play. So, I mean, there are ways to tweak it. I actually agree with you as much as I, I do like the giants. I mean, I actually think the Giants could. Yeah, woo! I think the Giants could have a chance in there. But I do too. But, but everybody does, right? I mean, and I think what Literally, you said yeah. is really nice is the familiarity. I mean, there are just we said we say this all the time. There are guys that had long careers in the big leagues. Adrian Beltray Beltre and Miguel Tejada come to mind. I used to pitch those guys really well. Guess what? Those guys are super successful, longtime big leaguers. I didn't even make it to the big leagues. I could face those guys. There was guys that. Um, didn't make it out of a ball that I faced that were like nine for 10 off me. And I think to your point, no, I mean, you know, you're like, who it's is true. this guy? But it's he just, rakes yeah. me. I
1: just, I mean, he just loves seeing it's Almost you know, the guys that have no game plan are tougher to pitch yeah, to. Yeah.
0: But, but I, let's, let's put this in perspective of teams. Like you said, the Dodgers and the Giants. The Giants have nothing to lose to play their arch rivals to get into something. Like, yeah. dude, they would just – they would go all out. It doesn't almost seem fair. It's almost like they have their number, right, because you're in the division mm-hmm. similar, actually, um, to the A's and the Astros when you said last night you wouldn't mind that matchup. I mean, the A's got hot and they were comfortable, but none of those games were blowouts, and they Good just boys. lost Chapman. And now you have yeah. some familiarity within the division and the Astros were unhealthy. So no Bregman, no Verlander like that. I mean, that could be something where, all right, now you got some actual pitching and you're facing Olsen and some other guys, you know, um, Simeon, the guys like that, but no Chapman in the middle of that order. All of a sudden, like you said, the tables are flipped and the Astros mm-hmm. are super comfortable because they've seen them 12 times in 60 games. It's kind of like, or 10 times in 60 games. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that, What's the point, right? This year, let's throw it out. But what's the point of playing 162 games if everyone gets in, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just, yeah. you know, let's draw straws and see what happens.
1: Yeah, seriously, it's, it's amazing. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. But for the time being, not a fan. But again, it's 2020. And we'll see how it plays out. But that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Bleacher Blums. Again, an absolute blast hanging out in here with, uh, you know, the bleachers in the background. And uh, I just want to uh, just, uh, you know, cheer on all of the first responders out there, everybody that's putting themselves in harm's way. Uh, I know that it's a little bit tougher these days to stay safe, but just uh, keep your head on a swivel, stay safe, uh, watch out for each other out there and keep doing the job that uh, we we appreciate you doing, or at least most of us do. And uh, everybody on the front line still fighting this COVID mess. Uh, continue to battle, continue to fight. Know that we're thinking about you and hopefully this thing starts to fade away a little bit and we do get that vaccine so everybody can get back to being who they want to be. And uh, the military at home and abroad, uh, we're all thinking about you and appreciate all your hard work and efforts to keep this place as free as possible. Tuttle, great job, man.
0: Thanks, Blummer. I love the compliments. I love working with you. I love having this podcast. It's been a great outlet Um, every week. I really enjoy it. I look forward to it. Um, I'll say a couple things. First of all, you don't like the extra innings uh, module. You don't like the playoff model. I mean, do you really like baseball? I don't know. That would be a question for another time. There's I can't the curmudgeon thank, face. I can't thank you enough for uh, for the parental advice today, and we'll uh, we'll definitely revisit that as well. So um, on that note, uh, again, shout out to everybody that uh, that Blummer mentioned: first responders, military around the world. Um, we encourage you to get after it and believe it.